Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. Morning, everybody. Thank you for coming. Especially welcome all our new folks, new members, people who are here for the first time, possibly. My name's Mark, and thanks for joining us this morning. And uh, because today we had the joy of, of joining parents and participating as they dedicated their children to the Lord, I thought I would talk about God's powerful promises for our children. God's powerful promises for our children. And as I was thinking about this, I asked myself, what is the most important thing in life? It's not a bad question to ask ourselves every once in a while. What is the most important thing in life? What matters more than anything else in this life? Is it, is it to be successful? Is that the most important thing in life? No, that's not it, John. <laughs> is it to be happy? Is that, is, that to be, is that the most important thing in life? That we're happy? Or, I mean, we hear these kinds of things all the time. Is the most important thing in life to follow your passion? Or follow your dreams? Is that what matters most. One website, I thought, well, I'm going to see what they say on the World Wide Web. So, I did a search for the most important thing in life. One website said, I'd say the most important thing in your life is you. <laughs> a healthy, loved, happy, spiritually rich, well, yeah, I can agree with that, well-read. Well, if you're not well read, maybe that's, you know, you're deficient. Self-sufficient, fearless, determined, you. Have that version of yourself as your life's vision and never stop chasing it. Well, that's what some people think. A healthy, hap healthy loved, happy, well read, self-sufficient, fearless. Well, the famous ball player, Yogi Berra, said... Love is the most important thing in the world, but baseball is pretty good too. <laughs> my dad might have said that. <laughs> no, my dad would have said what we're going to talk about. Um, another website said, Amongst our most precious commodities are our purpose, time, health, and our relationships. Well, here's what Jesus said. One of the scribes, this is Mark 12, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? So God would command us to, to do the most important thing. And Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor 
as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the most important commandment, the most important thing in the world, the most important thing to pursue in our lives is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love our neighbor as ourselves is the second most important thing. Matthew 16.26 says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? So another way of putting it is the most important thing in this life is to be saved by Jesus Christ, the King of kings, Lord of lords, the Savior of the world, and to know Him and obey Him and follow Him as disciples and delight in Him. Just enjoy Him and delight in Jesus above all things. That's the most important thing in this life is to be saved by the Lord and to know Him and delight in Him. Another way of putting it is is just to have Jesus Christ as our inheritance, as as our center of our lives, as our soul's delight. Well, the great desire of Christian parents... The great desire of Christian parents. All all of you who dedicated your children and all of us who have had children or have children. I I have five children and six grandchildren and I think about this every day. And and if if you don't have children yet, you 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 probably will. Or if you're if you're single and I so appreciate how many teens and uh, single folks serve in our children's ministry and you're blessing our children as well. I mean, everyone in this church um, is affecting children almost, I would guess, in some way or another. I'm so grateful for the, the few times I've taught in children's ministry for the young men and young women who are my assistants who help me in there with when 25-year-olds come into the room. Because I, I just couldn't do it. And these folks are just wonderful. So our church, you know, one way or another, we, we love children and we, we're, we're desiring to see every child in this church saved. But the great desire of Christian parents, I want to talk about that. When my children were young, when my children were young, I often told them that I didn't care if they were successful or rich when they grew up. But the only thing that really mattered to me was that they would live for Jesus. I said, I I don't care. I mean, if you go to college and get a great job, that's great. If you don't, that's that's okay. I don't care. If I don't care what you do in life. I don't care if you're a huge success or not. That doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is if you know and love and live for Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. I mean, we, we long for our children to do well in life. But the key, the real key to doing well is knowing and loving Jesus. I mean, what would it matter if they became the next founder of a, of a Facebook or the next YouTube if they weren't saved? 
What, what would that matter? What good would it do if they became millionaires and didn't know Jesus? But if our children know and love the Lord, He will establish and prosper them in ways that matter. And this is the great desire of Christian parents, or it should be. Yes, I, I do want my children to do well in life. I, I hope they can all have children and homes and jobs and, and uh, live comfortable lives. I hate to see them suffer. It's all every parent in here knows. We hate it when our children go through hard times. But most of all, I long for all my children and grandchildren and descendants to believe in Jesus Christ and to be saved and to live for Jesus with all their hearts and to delight in Jesus and His Word and to follow Him wholeheartedly as disciples all the days of their lives. So as Jesus said, what good is it to gain the world and lose your soul? I just want my children and grandchildren and descendants to be with me in heaven around the throne, worshiping Jesus, gazing at His face for all eternity, looking to my right and my left and seeing my family. I, I tease my wife, Christy. Well, I don't tease her. I, I say to my wife, Christy, Christy, you are such an incredible servant. You, you are so amazing. When we get to heaven, would you please come to the back of the room and see if you can find me? You know, look for me in the look for me in the back. <laughs> of course, you know that's not the way it's going to be. <laughs> There's a, a a woman in church history whose name is Monica. She lived A.D. three twenty two to three eighty seven. So, and she lived in the three hundreds, and she was the mother of the church father Augustine. Or Augustine, I, I believe it's Augustine, but you can correct me later if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Well, popular Christian legends recall Monica, Augustine's mother, weeping every night for her son, Augustine, because he had left the Christian faith and he got caught up in all kinds of immoral exploits and he joined a cult. And Monica said, there was only one reason, and one reason alone why I wished to remain a little longer in this life. And it was to see you, she was talking to her son Augustine, to see you become a Christian. That's the only reason she wanted to live longer, was to see her son become a Christian. And that's our desire as parents. That's my desire. That's, I know that's your desire. And, and it's God's will. It is God's will to save our children. God desires the salvation of our children infinitely more than we do. I mean, you, you want your child to know Jesus? Jesus wants that far more than you and I do. He wants to use us as we do all we can for our children and descendants. And so God gives commands to Christian parents. God, God gives commands to us as 
parents. And we heard one or two of these earlier, but Ephesians 6.4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Proverbs 31.26 talks about a godly woman. And there are just many, many, many verses. But down in verse 26 it says, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And then God spoke to Israel, to both moms and dads. And He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So that's where it starts. It starts with us moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas. It starts with us loving the Lord and His Word being on our hearts. And then He says, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So God says, moms and dads, you first love the Lord. Pursue Him. Delight in Him. Enjoy Him. Dwell in His Word. Let God's Word be upon your heart and upon your mouth. And then, teach them diligently to your children. And this could be in, in times of family devotions, like in the morning, getting together with your family. And it includes taking them to church and in all kinds of ways. And parents, it says, talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down. When you rise. In other words, all through life we are to talk about the Lord with our children. Not just, not just in family devotions, as wonderful as those are, but when we're driving to the store or we're going fishing or whatever we're doing. You know, every kind of opportunity we can to talk to the, our children about the Lord. I remember I wanted to do this. And so when my kids were little, we had family devotions. They didn't feel very powerful. <laughs> Half the time my kids would be falling asleep <laughs> as I would be trying to read from the Bible. And I'd, Stephen, wake up! David, David, don't lie down, buddy. Sit up. You know? One time I was one time I was starting to read the Bible <laughs> in our family devotions. And our dog, Bella, suddenly strutted into the middle of the living room and began to position himself to go to the bathroom. And, and I, I just said, Bella, no! And I threw the Bible at our dog. <laughs> that was our family devotion. <laughs> uh, another time, <laughs> I, you know, trying to speak about the Lord while you're walking along or driving or whatever. We were driving somewhere. I was, I was supposed to speak somewhere. And um, I, had, I often talk to my children about the sovereignty of God, which means that God is in control of everything. The sovereignty of God means God is in control of every single event, everything that happens in the whole universe, every detail, every... And so we're driving somewhere. 
and to, to where I need to be at a certain time, and we hit this uh, a, a lot of traffic, and we were just stopped and stuck in traffic. And I'm looking at my watch, and I'm thinking oh, I might not make it. And then I thought, oh, here's an opportunity to talk about the Lord. So I said, you know, boys and girls, or, or you know, kids, it's times like this. It's good to know about the sovereignty of God. And I'm thinking, man, I'm doing what the Lord said. I'm talking about the Lord in every situation. And I look at my watch again and I go, oh, this is not good. Oh, <laughs> this is no good. And, and my wife, <laughs> Christy, looks over at me and she says, um, what happened to the sovereignty of God? <laughs> so we do our best <laughs> Very imperfect, <laughs> but we try to obey the commands of God because when God commands us to do something, He intends to help us and to bless us and to fulfill His commands. So when God commands us to teach our children His Word, He is the one who ultimately teaches them. And He will use us despite all our weaknesses. He will teach our children through us. Those of you who serve in children's ministry, even if you don't have children, God is using you to teach these children about Jesus. It might not seem like anything is happening. It's, it's, you know, children are distracted and, and uh, it's, it's so much fun to be in there. I was in there one time talking about the lepers that Jesus healed and I, I drew a a picture on the whiteboard of a man, and I drew red blotches all over him, and I said, this is leprosy, it was all these sores. But then as they were walking along, I said, something began to happen. The sores began to go away. And I started to erase them, and I had erased all the sores, and I said, and suddenly they were healed. Jesus had healed them. And one of the five-year-olds said, um, there's a little red mark up there by his eye. I said, oh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry, Mr. Adam. Another one raised it. Um, there's a little red mark by his armpit. I said, oh, yeah, well, Jesus healed him. <laughs> so it, it is, you know, it's hard to know, but Jesus is going to, he's going to bless our every effort, no matter how feeble we feel, to teach our children God's Word. And Here's something that's very important to remember. This is so important. Parents do all they can. We do all we can. But only God can save our children. Parents, we do all we can. But only God can save our children. When our kids were little... I thought, if I just do all the right things, my kids will automatically become Christians. If I, if I do all the right things, they will automatically be saved. Well, if I read the Bible to them and taught them and had family devotions and set a good example and lovingly corrected and disciplined them, if I made sure they didn't watch anything bad on TV, they would automatically become Christians. I remember I didn't let our kids watch Sesame Street because Oscar the Grouch had bad attitudes. 
I remember at times things would come on and I would jump up and up, 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 so that they wouldn't see anything bad. I thought if I did all the right things, my kids would automatically be saved. I remember I had a, had a friend who was in our church many years ago and he had a large family and he had watched some war movie and he had been in the service and the movie was really good but there was some bad language in it. And back then there were these things called VCRs which were tapes that you inserted. And so he had this movie on a VCR and he got another VCR and a blank tape and he had seen the movie, so he thought he knew, where all, he knew where all the swear words were. And he wanted to protect his children from hearing swear words. And so he recorded, he played the movie and recorded it on the blank v- DVD. Or no, not DVD. VCR tape. Or I can't even remember what they're called. Um, and every time a curse word was about to happen, he would pause the new tape the curse words would happen and he would start it again so that he would have a movie without any curse words. And so he invited our family over. Our kids are sitting there. His his kids are sitting there. He puts the movie in and starts to play and all of a sudden it goes blank. And then when it comes back on, the person swears. (laughs) That happened about six times. His timing was just a little bit off. You know, I thought, ah, my kids are hearing all these swear words. And I thought, if we just do all the right things, my kids will automatically be saved. No. We try to do all the right things. We try to not let them watch Oscar the Grouch. And somehow they still had bad attitudes at times. We do all we can. And we should do all we can. This is not to say give up, God saves them, so what good is it for me to do anything? No, we do all we can, but it is God who must open their eyes and open their hearts and give them new life. Only God can save. He can, he's the only one who can reveal Himself. So we do all we can, and we pray and trust God to save them in His timing, and He has a perfect timing to save them. We can't save all our children. Only Jesus can. But, God has given us, or and, God has given us many promises to believe and pray for. And that's what I want to talk about to encourage you. Promises. Christian parents should pray for their children and hope for them. We're going to look at a few of these promises. And I would encourage you to... At some point, write these down. I have them written down and I, I regularly ask God for these things. Not every single day, not every single one of these promises, but I regularly pray these for my children. So here's the first one. Psalm 112, 1 and 2. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in His commandments. So that's, that's for me. I want to fear the Lord. I want to greatly delight in His commandments. But if, if we do fear the Lord, if we do delight in His commandments, God says, I'm going to bless you. It says, His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. 
And I believe that mighty in the land just means they're going to know the Lord Jesus. They're going to be strong spiritually. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be powerful figures in the land. But I pray that. That's a promise from God. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. But I want to fear the Lord and delight in His commandments. Isaiah 54.13 All your children, all, all your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. I pray that, Lord, please teach. You, please teach my children. Please give them peace. Isaiah 59.21 And as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you and my words that I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your offspring or out of the mouth of your children's offspring, says the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. I pray that. Regularly. I pray, I try to pray, some days I don't, but I try to pray every day for the salvation of each one of our children. I mean, Christy and I try to have times together regularly where we pray that God would save each and every one of our children. I pray every day for my grandchildren by name and any other grandchildren the Lord would want to give us. And I ask the Lord to please save every single one of our descendants until Jesus comes back. And I say, Lord, You said that. You said Your Spirit that You put in me and Your words that You put in my mouth won't depart from me or out of the mouth of our children, our offspring, or out of the mouth of our children's offspring from this time forth and forevermore. So I, I, I pray, Lord, on every single one of our descendants until Jesus returns. Psalm 102.28 The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. Lord, please establish my offspring, my children in you. Save them. Let them be established. Let them be strong in you, Jesus. And God makes these promises because He wants us to pray them and ask Him and do them. And it's His will to do these things. He wouldn't tell us these things if He didn't intend to do them. So, I want to I just encourage you. Write down as many Scriptures as you can. I mean, if... If you search the web for promises to Christian parents, I mean, you can find all kinds. These are just a few. I have, I have a whole lot more that I've written down that I try to memorize and I try to pray for my family. And I'll probably be, I, I, I hope I can be praying until the day I die for every one of my children and grandchildren and descendants. And I I want you to know that our prayers are powerful. 
The prayers of Christian parents are powerful. The Bible says our, every prayer that we pray is, is powerful if we have faith. Remember Monica I mentioned? Augustine's mother. She was married to an unbeliever. And she prayed. She prayed that her family might eventually all come to Christ. And she attempted to bring her children up in the ways of the Lord. And it pained her to see them stray from the truth she had taught them. We know that, don't we, parents? It pains us to see our children not following the Lord. And her most promising son, Augustine, was given an excellent education and Monica hoped that this might be a means of his more fully reaching God. And Augustine ignored his mother's warnings against youthful lusts and he pursued a life of self-gratification and immorality while continuing his classical education. And he lived with a woman not his wife, and he fathered a child. And Monica just didn't have the words to convince her son of the truth of Christianity, but she determined never to stop praying that he would turn to God. And when Augustine went to Italy to teach, Monica, by then a widow, followed him to Italy, and in Milan she attended the church pastored by a man named Ambrose, and she rejoiced when Augustine was befriended by Ambrose and eventually became a Christian. And Monica died in 387 at the age of 56. And in his confessions, Augustine spoke of his grief and weeping for the mother, quote, now gone from my sight who for years had wept over me that I might live in your sight, God. And she, she died a happy woman because she had seen her prayers answered. Her husband had gotten saved and her son, Augustine, had become a believer. He was only 33 at the time of his mother's death. And many years of service to Jesus Christ and, and Christ's church lay ahead of him. And in later years, Augustine could look back on his life and recognize the importance of his mother's perseverance in prayer to his own salvation and ministry. But Augustine, neither Augustine nor Monica could have ever foreseen that his ministry would continue over the centuries and influenced Luther and Calvin and many others in, in blessing the church. So, Monica had no idea how powerful her prayers were. We have no idea. We have no idea. One of your children, who knows, could become one of the most influential evangelists the world has seen. We, we don't know. One of our children could become the next Billy Graham. We have no idea how powerful our prayers are or the influence that they will have. James 5, 
16 through 18 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. I mean, we, we hear Elijah, we think, the prophet. Wow, he must have been powerful. James says he, was, he had a nature just like ours. He was weak. He was a human being. But it says he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. I, I want to encourage you. So many times when I'm praying for anything, praying for my children or praying for anything, it feels like my prayers go up about almost to the ceiling and then fall back down again. My prayers don't feel powerful to me. I don't get goosebumps and I, I, I don't see fireworks when I'm praying. I pray and I just have to trust God and I have to remind myself often of what James said, that the prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. So don't, don't stop praying for whatever you're praying for because you don't feel very powerful. God's Word says it has great power. We have no idea. Proverbs 15.29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but He hears the prayer of the righteous. Isn't that incredible? The Creator of the universe, the One who created the heavens and the earth, the One who created the angels, He hears your individual prayers. He is far from the wicked, but He hears the prayer of the righteous. God hears every single prayer we breathe out. Jesus said in John 16, In that day you will ask nothing of Me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in My name, He will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in My name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. God wants us to have joy. God longs for our joy to be full. So he says, ask me in Jesus' name. Very, I, I, I say this to the Lord very often. He doesn't need to be reminded, obviously. But I say, Lord, I, I, Jesus said in that day, whatever I ask of you, Father, in Jesus' name, you will give to me that my joy may be full. So, Father, I'm asking this for my children. Father, I'm asking this for my grandchildren. Matthew 7, 7-11. Ask or keep asking and it will be given to you. It will be given to you. Seek. Keep seeking. And you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Knock and keep knocking. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Salvation is a good thing. 
Healing and health is a good thing. Joy is a good thing. Sometimes I, I, I'll, I'll say that to the Lord. Lord, You promised. Father, You said if, if I know how to give good things to my children, how much more will You give good things? And I say, Father, salvation is a good thing. Healing for my child is a good thing. So I'm asking for that. Health is a good thing. And just have to trust God. You know, it's, I believe His Word, but the timing is up to Him. And sometimes, when I don't see answers to prayer, I don't understand it, but I believe someday in heaven, I will ultimately see answers. If I don't see them in this life, I still believe God's Word. I have nothing else I can hope in. So I'm going to keep praying, even if I don't see it in this life. And I know that there's, there have been many of you who have gone through sad things and haven't seen prayers answered. And I, I, I just know that someday in heaven it will make sense and we'll see how God answered our prayers. But God answers them in His timing, in His way. But we have to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. The, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. We may not feel like it has great power, but God promises our prayers have great power. So it's God's will. So as we have these families dedicating their children and the parents are dedicating themselves and they've got whole whole lifetimes ahead of them that they will be working and praying and serving and caring for these children and all of us in this room and us, us older folks who have now have grandchildren and, and we're praying for them. And, and Don't stop praying. God has promised. God has many promises to save our children. His Spirit that He put in us, His words that He has put on our heart will not depart from your mouth or from the mouth of your offspring or the mouth of your children's offspring from this time forth and forevermore until Jesus returns. So let's pray. And maybe maybe this week as you get together with other believers and fellowship group or whatever in any circumstance, maybe this week could be a good week to pray for for your children. Pray for your children. I, I have serious prayer needs for my children and my grandchildren. And so let's pray right now. Let's stand and let's just pray for our children. Father, we thank You for our children and grandchildren, for every child in this church, every child in children's ministry, every child who couldn't be here today. We thank You for our children and our grandchildren. And Lord, we just acknowledge that only You can save. But we thank You that You've given us promises, Lord. Thank You that You have said, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in His commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. We thank You, Lord, that You said, All Your children will be, shall be taught by the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. So Father, we ask in Jesus' name, and it's your will, 
that you would please save every single one of our children. Please save them and cause them to delight in you and follow you with all their hearts as disciples. We ask you to save every single one of our grandchildren. We ask you to save every single one of our descendants until you return, Jesus. And Lord, I pray for all of us. Please strengthen our faith. Please help us to persevere in prayer. Please help us, Lord, to have faith that the prayer of the upright is powerful and effective. Help us to have faith in You, Lord. Help us to not give up. Help us to not be discouraged. Help us to keep praying faithfully, Lord. And we just thank You, Lord, that You're so good and that You've told us these things. We have hope that no one else in the world has if they don't know You. Thank You for this hope we have that You've given us for our children and our descendants. We ask all this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.